Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Hey, good morning, everybody. Today is Wednesday, January 12th. Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. What? You're not feeling well. I'm still going to do it. I already had it in the comments that it's hump day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you can you feel free to communicate in the comments, Gabby. Uh, I'll communicate on the microphone. I uh, hope everybody's doing good today. Um, good today, morning. What? Good morning. Yeah, good morning. I hope everyone's doing good. Uh, hey, um, today, here's what I want. Here's, here's, here's what I want. And this is what I know that you all want too. I mean, you're just too chicken shit to uh, to do it. I think you need. I think you guys need to run the show, the show today. You guys need to be coming in and 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 asking your questions. Okay, what do you guys want to talk about about real estate investing today? What is preventing you from moving forward today? Like, what's you got a plan, right? You said you're gonna buy that apartment building, or you said you're gonna buy those ten houses. You know before this amount of time before you're 45 so what is it that that you're planning on doing and let's 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 work backwards what's what can we answer for you today that will get you doing something productive and growing today okay so i want you guys to focus on that today i'm going to keep talking about other random stuff that we've already discussed in the last few days and things that we have going on got a random phone call last night at 10 o'clock at night you guys don't need to keep hearing about our story though you know what i mean it's sure it's cool it's it's fun it's inspiring i don't know if tenant problems is inspiring but uh <laughs> but um you know i i really I, I really do want to stay focused on uh i'm staying productive so um that's what we're here for this is why we decided to do this um I, uh, I I don't know if we talked about this specifically in the podcast before, Gab, but um, when we were deciding about, you know, doing a live podcast, a live daily podcast, we, there were a few other ideas on the table at the same, at the same time, because a lot of people had said, hey, well, Gabby does women's real estate investing masterminds. You know, when are you going to do a mastermind, Wayne? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I think, I think the the mastermind platform. I didn't know if that would really complement my my approach to real estate investing and to entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'd be able to sit back and act as a facilitator. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't like if I heard someone talking about something and they needed help with it or they needed a solution. I don't know if I could. Or wait. they had an excuse. Yeah, or had an excuse. <laughs> I don't know if I could wait for everyone to go around the room and add their thoughts before I just jump in and be like, "No, just do this now. Let's go." You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so I've I've never really, and and that's a big reason as well why I've never been in my own mastermind. Joined one, yeah. I I've I've been offered a few different masterminds. <laughs> It's just not for me. I'm not, I'm not that, that's not me saying that masterminds don't work or anything. It's just to, I'm just giving you uh, while we we're talking about the podcast and there were a few other things on the table. And I know that a lot of people were looking for 
you know, a way to, to get access to us on more of a daily basis. We thought about a daily mastermind of like um, um, every morning, um, morning you know, a morning mastermind of, you know, a group of people. And um, I, I even tried to start one last year, I think, or a year before. It was a, it was going to be a 6 a.m. mastermind at a Starbucks. Remember that? No. <laughs> oh, geez, man, I got so many ideas. And just some of them come to, you know, to, to fruition. Some of them don't. Um, <clears throat> and then we thought, okay, let's do a podcast a couple days a week. This is back when I was trying to convince Gabby to do this daily. And then on Fridays, everybody can come down and we'll do a mastermind. Or then it was an idea about let's do a mastermind on Fridays or Saturdays through Clubhouse or something like that. But the whole intent, the whole outcome that we were looking for was to give investors a free platform, a free resource to be able to come and ask their questions on on the daily. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I can't, I do open up my phone number. You can see my phone number. It's here. It's, it's on the podcast. I, I put it up on Instagram, you know, stories quite frequently telling people, text me your questions, text me your questions. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to, 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 to push more investors to just ask the question that it is that is holding you back because normally it's some dumb question or some dumb thing that you don't understand or some uncertainty that you don't know what's going to happen that is preventing you from just taking that next step and stepping outside of the comfort zone. And I, I'll just add one more note. I, I say it's dumb because you're going to, you're going to realize it's dumb afterwards. You know what I mean? When you look back in those moments where you're like, I can't that, believe. That's what was holding you back. I can't yeah. believe that was fucking holding me back. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. That right there. Not that it's a literal dumb question. Just it's silly that it took you so long to actually ask the question to get the answer. <laughs> yeah. A question or, you know, maybe you just, you're looking for permission. Yeah. Right? Do you think this is a good idea, Wayne? Or do you think it's a good idea, Gabby? Yes, absolutely. It's a good idea. Oh, thank God. I was just worried about what everyone was going to think about me. You know what I mean? So, um, <laughs> this, this, that's, that's why we, what we decided on was the podcast because the podcast, um, I'm like, okay, if I'm going to do a podcast, got to be live <coughs> and it needs to be a platform where people can access us. So this is pretty much a mastermind. We want it to be an open discussion. We don't want to keep telling stories every day. We will. But what we want is we want it to be an open communication, an open uh, conversation um, amongst investors and who can support each other on the daily. And and as well, you have access to us, you know, like, well, we'll answer anything. And if I, if I, if I don't have the answer, which is very rare, I will bring on someone who can. Yeah. Um, we did have a question come through. Okay. Well, I'm going to answer it right now. Do you see it? Do you want me to read it? You can read it. Are you okay? (coughs) Sorry about all the coughing, you guys. Okay, so Blair says, good morning. Do you guys use a certain website to help build comps when you're putting in an offer, or do you rely mostly on your realtor? Uh, Realtor. Realtor, 100%. You do do a little bit of research before. Uh, Yeah, as much as I can. Uh, We talked about Honest Door last week. Um, That's a good website. Or Zillow. Um, I, I looked into it a little bit. I haven't quite figured it out yet. I've just been really busy this week. Some people like it. Uh, and then lastly, you know, you can just go on realtor.ca and type in the same criteria, you know, 
1100 square feet, three bedroom bungalow in a, and then just focus on a particular area and see what they're listed for. Um, if you look what they're listed for, they'll give you a general idea, subtract, um, you know, a little bit for negotiations, maybe subtract 5,000. You can also go pull up those five or 10 listings that are currently listed on the market. Now those aren't comparables cause they're on, they're not sold, right? It's, it's sold comparables that are, that are the, the true market, um, um, indicator. Yes. Uh, so what you can do is take out those seven or 10, whatever listings, and then go pull them up on honest door and see what honest door says their value is. Yeah. Right, because Honest Door pulls sold comps from twelve months before, not six months before. So it's not the most accurate um, way to check what comps are. Yeah. But it depends on what kind of comps you're looking for, right? Are you looking for comps to find out if this is a good deal? Or like so what is the actual market value and are you getting a good deal? Or are you looking for comps for for after repaired value? <laughs> say for a flip or for, you know, a burr, you you know, you want to know what the, uh, the renovated value is going to be. I honestly, we talked about this. I can't remember who said it. They were concerned about wasting their realtor's time. If you're serious about real estate investing and you're not fucking around and you're actually going to buy something and you're going to be an absolute rock star and buy lots more and refer all your friends to them. If that's the type of person you are, then don't feel, don't feel bad about asking them. Anytime a property comes up, I just send a text to my realtor or an email to my realtor. Comps, comps, <laughs> comps. Well, that's, 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 they get it. That's part of their job. And, and nine times out of 10, they have, you know, some sort of an administrative assistant or a newer realtor on their team that is, that is running those comps for them. And you'll get it within five minutes. So, yeah. Awesome. What, where, what? where do you want to go? Uh, a couple things. Um, was I hard enough on everyone this morning? I don't think you were hard. I think you were offering an opportunity. Some people don't like that. Some people don't like me pointing the finger at them and telling them that they're that they're chicken shits first thing in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, Mike is back. Mike says. Thanks for your help yesterday. Got the writ of enforcement. Court of Queen's Bench was a painful lineup. I told him it was only going to be two or three people. I'm sorry about that. (laughs) Um, Did have to serve that paperwork to tenant in person. Okay, good to know. So regardless of the state of the pandemic, the writ of enforcement needs to be delivered Yeah, it's an official court document, not an RTDRS document. They're going to have their own, you know, rules. Um, Yeah, but... Worst case scenario, like if you're if you're really ever, or sorry, yeah. probably not the not the writ of enforcement, the um, the judgment, the judgment. Sorry, yeah, you yeah. don't serve <laughs> don't serve the writ of enforcement. the writ of enforcement is used to to garnish <laughs> yeah. wages and all those things. Um, yeah, if you're a little insecure about it and you're you know worried about confrontation, you can always hire someone. Actually, to be honest, um, anyone can serve the documents as long as they sign the affidavit, right? Yep. You can have a friend do it. Yeah, you can have somebody go do it. Yeah. Didn't we when we were served at one time? Um Yeah, yeah. The only time we've been served. Um right? That's the only time we've been served, right? Um It's memorable being served. In in person, in person, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. Um yeah, that could have been a business or a person. Yeah, well, I was just, just like a friend I was whatever. just so, so like 
thrown off thrown off by it i didn't even really know what was happening yeah now ever since that that fucked me up if we can talk about that for a second that fucked me <laughs> up like that that changed you the know the way you answer your door the way i answer my door <laughs> this is or if you answer pan- your door <laughs> before the pandemic I, I you know what i said you know no one ever knocks on the door with good news no one's ever there with a check anymore whatever happened <laughs> to the 90s where they used to come to your door with a check Cookies. and and cookies and your neighbor used to come by and say you know, do you want to go for a drink in my garage? No, that does that shit doesn't happen anymore. Anyone's coming to your door, and any mail that's ever in your mailbox is never fucking good news anymore. So don't answer your door. And the um, like parcel delivery <clears throat> services don't even like knock or ring your doorbell anymore. They just throw it at your doorstep. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, I I actually told Gabby, and this has been a thing ever since. Like if, if something's if something's, if something's brewing. If something's yeah. brewing, like we have um we have a lawsuit kind of yeah. Well and there's always as you become more successful, it's like more and more people want to, you know, sue you. Um <laughs> it's <laughs> get, true. It is really true. Like we have a tea. bunch <clears throat> Yeah, she's she almost spit her tea out. Um you know more and more people, you know that there's always going to be disagreements and stuff like that. And people are going to serve you for different various reasons. Um, but uh, yeah, I, just, I, I remember telling Gabby, I'm like, you know, don't answer the, don't answer the door. Don't ever answer the door. <laughs> we and do it, have a people. Yeah. And, and our upstairs like, uh, window looks right over the door. So you can peek through, see who's there. <laughs> it's not like you can hide from a hearing. You know what I mean? Like it's not like you're going to be hide from being served, but you can, you can make, make it difficult. <laughs> you can make it fucking difficult. Um, some dumb tenant, you know, shows up to your door and says, you've been served. <laughs> Anyways, um, that shit really did change me. Like I, I, I stopped answering the door. Yeah. You know, anytime a door knocks or there's a doorbell, we look through, you know, the, the blinds before who the fuck's here. Now the pandemic kind of changed that, of course, like nobody answers the door anymore. Uh, I don't for, think the pandemic changed that. I think that's been a. You think so? Yeah, long time. I used to openly welcome people to come to my door and open. I just, Talk about Jesus and whatever. Oh, 100%. Else. Okay, don't get. Let's not get. No religion, no politics. I <laughs> I didn't say anything bad. Talk about Jesus. No, I didn't. Okay. Not, oh, my <laughs> Look God. Look at the attitude you Do just you have gave me. any idea? how many religious podcasts are on this platform and how many people sneak in here it's true hey i didn't say anything bad i was just saying that's most of the door knockers are people who want to talk about jesus is that fair we had tons at our last house tons they were out all the time okay and uh, i was gonna keep talking about oh okay Anyways, off topic. <laughs> Wilson, Wilson's, Wilson's like, okay, I'll change the subject. Uh, it's been really hard to find deals. Any tips on how to find them, them, them deals? How to find them deals. <clears throat> uh, private deals or MLS listings? Wilson, I know that um, you and Jess are doing some creative um, deal finding because uh, I talked to Jess on Saturday for our mastermind. I'm talking with them today. Well, there you go. So um, I'll get a little more in uh, a little more into that yeah but um yeah you're you're already probably doing some of the tips that we have which is you know <clears throat> inquiring about rental properties and like you know all those little kind of when there's nothing on the market you got to start you know, that business, doesn't right? that doesn't really mean much to anyone when you just say it like that just try not to give away their little secret that they have going on oh no one <laughs> it's will not do a it. secret don't worry about it no one will do it 
<laughs> I've given I've given that tip yeah, a million that's, times. Well, and that's what I said. I'm like, we like we tell people to do that. So like that's awesome that you're doing that. Maybe they heard it from us. Who knows? It's just the exact same thing as what's going on currently. <clears throat> um, you know, I, I I talk about a really cool strategy. Here's the strategy I'd be doing if I wasn't doing what I'm doing right now. I give it to everybody. And then two months passes and someone finally asks, hey, what was that thing you talked about two months ago? That that amazing investing strategy. I do a post about it on uh, on Instagram. And then suddenly it's like, hey, everyone's like, what's, what's the strategy? Episode? What's the strategy? <laughs> what episode's it on? I'm like, no, go figure it out. Jesus, I can't spoon feed you everything. <laughs> I had that phone call on um, Monday, that yeah. coaching call. Yeah. Yeah. It's sounds like it's a gooder. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's gonna, he's gonna do it. I'm, I'm pretty excited. It's uh, I had another person call about it as well. Yeah. Um, and, and here's what I'll say about that. If you're looking for it, if you're begging me, cause I got a lot of messages, people ask me about it and I'm not going to give it to you. I don't, to be honest, I don't even know where it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I know I can explain it. I can explain it in five minutes, but here's the thing. It is a very complicated combination of advanced real estate investing strategies. Mm. Um, as I started explaining it to the one person, I realized that this person has, does not have um, the background or expertise in order to, to, to fulfill. Um, so start with the Burr strategy. If that's what you're like, the Burr strategy alone is the best way to scale with a limited amount of money. The best way to scale without joint venture partners is the Burr strategy. Mm -hmm. Then you can get more complicated and then start adding in, you know, different creative combinations of other real estate investing strategies to limit your risk and increase your profits. Um, but the Burr, it like the core of it, the foundation of it was built off of the Burr, which is what we talk about a lot, a lot here. Yeah. which is I know a lot of people in Edmonton are, are jumping on the Burr strategy right now. And um, that's good. It's good to see. Um, it's a great way to start building up your portfolio, um, not just for getting more doors and more properties, but also, you know, to show others that you are a real estate investor. It's yeah. something I was talking about with, with this said person is that I think it's more valuable for you to show people that you have real estate investment properties than it is to actually, than, than it is, than the actual profit of the property. Um, one of the biggest hurdles and roadblocks that investors run into early on is, <clears throat> is no one takes me seriously and no one wants to invest with me because I don't have any properties or they ask me how many properties I have mm -hmm. and I don't have any. So if you or have, the lack of confidence that comes from not having them, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, you're you're you stink, yeah. you reek of lack of confidence, and you don't know it. Yeah, <laughs> you just don't know it. Um, it's on your face. It's the way you talk. It's 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 the way yeah. you you stand and present yourself. Um, so by having properties and being through it, you know, and then people notice that and they're like, oh wow, this person does have properties, and then the way that you present yourself because you you have that level of experience and expertise and and confidence it's more opportunities will come from that mm -hmm. than that'll be more valuable than the actual property itself so i'm glad to see people are hopping into it and 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 walking the walk themselves and actually getting the properties themselves before going in ash and asking for joint venture partners yeah so um wilson says no secret lol so let's talk about it so what's that finding deals when there's none out there um so, well uh, what's what was the answer is it off market or is it mls or just in general 
in general? How do you so, find them when there's when there's nothing up on the MLS? Are we talking specifically what he's looking for? Because I know what he's looking for. Well, no. So I had made mention of that they were already out um, <clears throat> responding to like rental ads and stuff. So that's what I was meaning when I said rental. Okay. I said like one method that you can use when, you know, there's not much out there and you're searching for a deal or when there is a lot out there and you're searching for a deal is one thing you can do is look at um, rental ads and respond to them and inquiring if they would consider selling Yep. because there's a lot of um, inexperienced or tired or whatever landlords <clears throat> who might say yes. And the things that you're looking for when you're out searching on those rental ads is really crappy rental ads, uh, rental ads with really shitty photos, rental ads with like in the bottom corner, there might be like a logo for like Calm Free or Purple Bricks, whatever name changes they've had throughout the years. But that means that they've tried to sell it previously, mm-hmm. weren't successful, and now they have these images that they're using to try to rent it. And knowing that they tried to sell it through like a um, a low commission, whatever, because they didn't want to pay realtors. So Pearl Vicks, yeah, they might be kind of desperate or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, looking for some of those kind of indicators, knowing that they're either, yeah, an inexperienced or just like a tired landlord who would maybe love to get out if you had a right offer for them. Hmm. So, yeah, responding to those, that's a great way to try to drum up business when there's none to be had. If you're not willing to kind of, you know, go door knocking or yeah, or whatnot. Do you have any other? <clears throat> uh, I've never door knocked. No. Um. I've never had a problem with finding deals except for this past month. Literally, <laughs> literally, this is the first time in, since I started that I've, I've had a problem with finding deals. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, and I think it's just because now I'm actually looking for it as opposed to, you know, I'd like to find a deal. Um, everything was always reactive before, which is not me, but like a deal or an opportunity would come up and then I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. And then I go f- figure out how to get it done. Um, now I, you know, I've got a contractor that doesn't have any work and we're like just trying to keep him busy and string him along with like little handyman. So that he doesn't get busy with someone else. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry. yeah, it just sounded funny. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we're just, you know, handing him like little jobs at uh, rental properties and stuff like that, which is, is not going to keep the lights on in his place. So we're, we're, uh, almost desperate to find a deal. Like I've, I've actually caught myself like trying to find deals that are outside of our criteria just to give him something to do. So, um, that's the first time that we've had that. Um, but I, it's just, I know for, that's why I asked Wilson specifically, or just in general, uh, it's very, very quiet on the Edmonton market right now. Yeah. Very quiet. And the, the few couple, like the few deals that I did find on doing my own searches through realtor.ca and Kijiji and stuff like that, I inquired and it's like, yeah, there's 10 offers on it. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so th- there are a bunch of investors that are currently looking as well. I think if you're just patient, uh, for, from what I understand is that that it's that holiday, um, things slow down in the holidays. And then after the holidays, things pick back up again in like mid-January. Um, once everybody's, you know, done with the whole holiday, you know, fever or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, how else can you find deals? I mean, yeah, like Gabby said, look at, you know, rental listings of like motivated landlords, you know, who, who couldn't sell 
Um, you can look for for sale by owners on Kijiji. You can throw yellow signs up on the street if you want. Um, I've never seen anyone like part-time passively put up yellow signs and then found deals. Unless you're in like a, I don't know, you'd have to be in a really good market for something like that. And I don't know what's... What would constitute that? Like, yeah, like if you're in a hot market, no one's calling your yellow signs. If you're in a dead market... I don't know. I, I think that wholesalers have a really good understanding of how to how to gather leads. Um, they know where to put the yellow signs. They know reach out to your wholesalers. Yeah, that is that's <laughs> the answer that I'm getting to. Um, you know, they know how to properly flyer a community. Like if you're just like randomly throwing out flyers and stuff like that, and randomly doing yellow, you know, signs on the side of the street and whatnot, just in your spare time, and you're not doing any follow ups. You know what I mean? You know, you don't have a good system for when people call and doing follow-ups in a couple of weeks after. If you're not treating it like a business, then to be honest, I think you're wasting a whole shit ton of time mm-hmm. um, if you're not doing it properly. So that's why I never did it. It's because I was never a wholesaler. I've wholesaled properties. I've made a lot more money than most wholesalers, um, but I never as a business. So um, I think that just reaching out to your realtor and making sure that you have a proper search set up mm-hmm. let them know that you're you know serious about moving forward maybe maybe expand your search criteria a little bit like if you have a certain uh limit or maximum for you know th- what you'll pay for a property maybe increase it by 10 grand and just see if some more listings come up and maybe you can make some lowball offers uh, and then uh, reach out to wholesalers in the area and let them know what it is you're looking for that's it that's all mm-hmm. um Wholesalers are normally working on stuff, and if you tell them that you're looking for something specific, you know they'll they'll focus all of their energy and their marketing towards <laughs> that because they know you're a trigger puller, right? Yeah. Um, okay, we're just gonna take a quick little commercial break here, uh, so Gabby can clear her throat, and uh, and uh, we'll be right back, and I'll answer these other questions. Hi, folks. Barry McGuire here. I'm inviting you to join our free Facebook group, Barry McGuire's Creative Real Estate Education. We go live every Monday discussing all sorts of creative real estate strategies. You know, nothing can match the power of learning from Canada's top creative real estate experts. We provide you with the education and tools you need to close your first damn deal. It's the most important one. Join our free group, Barry McGuire's Creative Real Estate Education, and we'll see you Monday. Okay, uh, welcome back. Uh Comment here from Al. I said, speaking of being sued, I was talking about being sued a few minutes back. Um, another friend of mine who is hugely successful, a real estate investor, told me when he was first starting out that once his company reached a certain dollar. monetary value, dollar value, he would start another company. And that way, if he was ever sued, he would never lose it all. Interesting. <laughs> I, I, and I don't know what How he would be. How big of a lawsuit would you lose your entire company? <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's, this sounds like something my dad would say. If you're listening, Dad, um, someone slips and falls on the front steps, and suddenly they're going to sue you for your whole, you know, ten million dollar portfolio. Um, I have to be a pretty big lawsuit. Have to be a pretty big lawsuit, and I don't know in what circumstance. Yeah. Um, that being said, as I was saying that, I mean, I'm talking about the fact that like once you get successful, everybody wants to sue you. That, oh, that's just because you know, just different random stuff. Um, any any time that you have a really good idea. Someone's always going to be like, well, I want some of that. Or that was my idea or something. So Mm -hmm. um, none of them are ever have any legs to stand on. But Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, if, if that's that is one way to approach it. Um, Very expensive way, starting new companies. <laughs> that's what I was thinking, yeah. Starting companies and filing <coughs> yearly corporate taxes is a little expensive, but it depends, I suppose. Yeah. Um, the other question from Mike was how you know let's take this call from courtney real fast unless of course she accidentally called in accidentally (laughs) called in so we'll see i didn't accidentally call in (laughs) you wouldn't wouldn't believe good morning good morning good morning so i my question is we've never used a wholesaler so how does it exactly work and do you write your own offers like if you can explain the process a little bit sure um so just like when you put an offering on a house with a realtor (coughs) let's give gabby a second there um you would write up a real estate purchase contract right and you write your offer and you write it conditionally um, so here's my offer, here's the conditions. And if the seller accepts that offer, that conditional offer, there's normally a period of time where it's, it's, it's under conditions, you know, the, the financing conditions, the home inspection conditions, right? So during that time, you can, you have, now you have a beneficial interest in that property, right? Because you have a signed purchase contract, you have a beneficial interest in the property. And that is what wholesalers are doing. They're going out and they're getting beneficial interest in a property so that they can go and sell that interest. Um, a wholesaler can't advertise or market a property unless they have a beneficial interest. So what they do is they lock it up, quote unquote, lock it up. They get a beneficial interest in it and then they go and they market it to other investors or home buyers. <coughs> so once they've got it, then, you know, they got about two weeks to go ask other investors, Hey, I've got this deal, you know, who wants it? The, the process for assigning it or quote unquote wholesaling it to you, and there's, there's two or three different ways you can do it. The most simplest way is to write up a one page assignment contract. And that assignment contract will say, I, Wayne Hillier, assign my interest in contract one, two, three to Courtney in consideration of, so for a fee of $5,000 or whichever, you know, you guys agree on. And then both parties sign. And that's it. So now that signed contract that I have with the seller, we attach that one page assignment contract onto it. And now you're the buyer. That's it. You don't need, you don't need the, the permission of the seller, all real estate contracts or is it all real estate contracts or all contracts, real estate, all real estate contracts in Alberta, at least are assignable. says it right in the real estate purchase contract that you signed. Um, so they're all assignable. No one can stop you from assigning your interest. So that's that's how it works, essentially. Um, so a wholesaler, if you told them that you're looking for a side-by-side duplex with the possibility of adding basement suites, they'll go find it, they'll lock it up, and then they'll say, hey, I got it, Courtney. And then you guys negotiate on a price. So say they got it under contract for $400,000. You know, you guys negotiate, okay, I'll give you $10,000 for that deal. So you're essentially buying it for four hundred and ten. If it's still a good deal, then... You sign the assignment contract. Once they sign that with you, they are no longer responsible for it. And now you have to meet all of the terms of that agreement, that contract, um, that offer that you have with the seller. So you would go and get your own, you, you know, you would fulfill your own, you know, due diligence for financing and home inspection and those types of things. And then when you're ready, you remove conditions and you move forward to purchase. 
Okay. So the wholesaler, I just want to make sure I have it clear. The wholesaler kind of does most of the contracting um, and they'll probably have blank forms. We've just never done, like we've always had a realtor um, take care mm -hmm. of the um, purchase contracts for us. And so I'm very unfamiliar with that process. So, yeah, but we yeah. wouldn't, it would just be removing of the conditions that would end yeah. up falling on our plate. Okay. Perfect. You're still going to want to do your own diligence to ensure yeah. that it's a good price, right? And you can ask a realtor, hey, can you pull comps for this deal for me? Um, now, I, your, your realtor wouldn't get paid in the, in the, in the deal, right? Um, yeah. Because it's already, it's, there's already an existing purchase contract that doesn't have their name on it. But if they're willing to work for you and maybe you're going to be selling it later on after the fact, then, you know, they'll pull comps just to make sure it's all good. And, uh, and yeah, that's... Um, uh, well, oh, the other thing I was going to say was once you look at a purchase contract a few times, once you fill one out a couple times, because most people never do, they have their realtor fill it out. You go through DocuSign, you barely read it, you skim through, and then you just click a signature. Um, once you fill one out a couple times, it's they're actually pretty easy to navigate and you become more familiar with them. So you'll be able to look through and... and, and I was just going to say that as long as you have like an example of a previous house that you've bought and you have them side by side, it's super easy to fill them out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I think that's where I'm getting hung up. I'm like, oh, I don't know, like yeah. where it would. But you wouldn't. Look. Yeah, but you wouldn't even have to do that. Like if you're buying it off of a wholesaler, that's already done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The only time you would have to fill one out is if you were going in without a realtor and putting your own offer on a house, yeah. which you can totally do. We've done it yeah. lots. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. One, perfect. One more thing I want to add on there is, there's a lot of people ask. You know, can I renegotiate, renegotiate the price with the seller? No, you already have a signed offer. Like you have a signed offer with the seller. Um, you know, if you're if you're asking the wholesaler, if you're trying to negotiate with a wholesaler, remember that they have it already under contract for an agreed price. So if you're trying to negotiate a lower price with a wholesaler, what you're doing is you're negotiating their fee lower. Um, so you know, if there's a ten thousand dollar assignment fee included in that, and you're trying to get it for twenty thousand dollars less, then you're not going to get like it doesn't make any sense. And it's right? also a slap in the face for the wholesaler who busted their ass for it. So. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Never question the fee. If the number doesn't work for you, move on. That's okay. that's that's yeah. our position on it. Yeah. Um, did that? How did do that you find your question? Uh, yeah. And my next question would be, how do you find a wholesaler? Um, you can just go on the Facebook groups. Oh, okay, there is say, who's wholesaling and in my city. Okay. Um, yeah. Or, uh, you can ask your friends. I, well, you know, there's, yeah. Okay. Uh, text you after, <laughs> you know, the other way is, uh, when you're driving and you're at a, a stoplight and you see a yellow sign, call yeah. it. Oh, okay. Say, hey, I'm a, I'm a real estate investor. Are you a wholesaler? And they say, yes, I am. I'm always looking for deals. And then now you've made a connection. So that's what most people do is they just call the yellow signs and say, Hey, I'm not selling, but I'm a real estate investor. If you have any deals, send them my way. Okay, excellent. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you very much. No worries. Thanks for calling in, Courtney. <laughs> yeah, have a great morning. Bye. Uh, Tony has a follow-up question to that. I, I was just going to say that, again, uh, on the fee fees for wholesalers, um, as Gabby said, if it's not a good deal, just move on. It's, it's, it, it is a slap in the face. If you knew how hard it was to wholesale. Yeah. Like, trust me, there's a it reason why a I didn't grind. do it. It is, they work for months to get one deal to make $15,000, $20,000, right? It's one deal, you know, to two months worth of work. And if you're coming in and trying to lowball them, 
you know, to get an even better deal, then it's, it's a huge slap in the face. And I promise you, they won't be coming to you with any more deals in the future again. Like they'll, they'll, they're going to go to people who say, yes, they, they want to yeah. wholesalers want to deal with trigger pullers and trigger pullers are the type of people that have financing lined up, but they got cash and they're ready to go. And they're actually going to say, yes, not the type of people who are like, Oh yeah, yeah. Send me the details. And, uh, and then, you know, they don't hear from you because, and you say you're super interested and then you, you go and you're like, Oh, I'll call, I'm going to call on my joint venture prospects and see if anyone's interested in this. Just give me a couple of days. And they, they kind of drag you along like, Oh yeah, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it. You know what I mean? That's not a trigger puller. Trigger mm-hmm. puller is someone's like, yeah, that's the deal I'm looking for. Let's go. I'll sign the contract tonight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Fast. Here's the yeah. cash. Yeah. You need to be able to analyze that quickly because they only have their two weeks to find somebody to assign it to. And then if that person needs any time to do due diligence, like the clock is ticking. Mm-hmm. So once they get something under contract, they are hustling to find somebody who's going to be like, yeah, let's go. I got the cash in hand. Let's go. Yeah. Right. Because um, they want to make sure that, yeah, you also have your time to get your ducks in a row before the conditions are removed. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan's calling in here, but you had a follow up to, with Tony. I'll, I'll answer Tony's first. Okay. So yeah, Tony says, how do you know if the contract the wholesaler has gotten with the seller is a quote unquote good one, especially if there is no realtor slash lawyer involved, dot, 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 or is there? Uh, are we talking good as in legal or are we talking good as in a good deal? Yeah. The good deal part is up to you to decide. Um, um, good contract. I think considering the fact that he said realtor or, or, or lawyer, and if you please keep an eye on the comments yeah. there. Um, legal, he says. Legal. Uh, that's that's the other thing I was going to mention to Courtney was that, um, you know, do your diligence to make, sh- make sure that I think what she was kind of um, talking around was that like, I, I don't know if maybe there's something hiding in there that I wasn't, you know, I didn't notice that there's some term that I have to, um, mm-hmm. I have to do 10 cartwheels in order to get this deal. I don't know. Something's stupid. I'm not very yeah. witty in the morning. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, you're, you're wondering if there's something in there that like is hidden for the most part, the standard, let's, let's talk about Alberta real estate purchase contract. The standard purchase contract is like, it doesn't change. You know what I mean? All realtors use the exact same contract. All lawyers use the exact same contract. And then there's just spots where you can add in your own additional terms, right? Yeah. Like I I would say, make sure that the, you know, um, section where it's like what's included, like unattached goods or whatever, like doesn't mention all of the appliances. Okay. What are the conditions? Have they written in any like weird conditions or have they included all the conditions that I need? Okay. Aside from that, it's all just like, this is where deposits will be dropped off. This is the day that conditions will be removed. This is the possession date. So like, it's all, you just check the fields that are filled out. And if they make sense to you, then it's good. There's nothing that they can do to modify the agreement to make it not legal or not good. Yeah. And I don't know any circumstances or situations where, you know, they could add something that could take advantage of you. Like, I don't, I can't no, think yeah. of any, I can't think of any what ifs. Yeah. And they, and if, and if you're one of the people asking these questions, it might be a good idea to just pull up a, a residential purchase contract yeah. and go through it. It's pretty basic. Yeah. There's, and there's tons of like mumbo jumbo legal terms buried within it, but that's standard. Like that's yeah. in every single contract. You can't do anything about it. You can't change it. You can't modify it. Like it is what it is. Yeah. So a uh, two-part answer. One is trust me. The other part is if you don't trust me and Gabby, um, as you mentioned, go ask a realtor or a lawyer to look at it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's if, you, if you want total certainty, go ask a realtor or a lawyer to look at it. 
But as I mentioned, once you've uh, looked at one a couple times, once you fill one out a couple times, it's they're pretty simple. Now, I say that, but I'm saying that for Gabby because I've never filled one out before. <laughs> and we, we, like, we've, we've, we've done a, we filled out a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's funny. Anytime we're ever in, um, we're, we're at one of Barry McGuire's courses, rent owns, agreement for sales, rapid cash, whichever. Um, there's, there's a part of the course um, where he asks everyone to do like a case study and to fill out the documents. <laughs> and then uh, it, myself and Neil Taniguchi or Andrea will just kind of walk around the room because they ask that we walk around the room and just check on the tables to make sure that everyone's um, got a good understanding of it and if anyone needs any help. And whenever that happens, I just kind of like slowly walk out of the room (laughs) (laughs) and and Gabby kind of fills my spot um, because I have and and like someone will like pull me aside as I'm like trying to go to the washroom and I'll be like, dude, I don't know how to fill this thing out. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, how many times have you done this? I'm like, I don't know. I've been to this course. I don't know how many times. Um, But yeah, I've never filled one out. But, um, you know, find someone who has who can just look through it really quickly. Uh, trust me, they're just going to skim through real fast and charge you 400 bucks if it's a lawyer. Yeah. Um, and these do end up at your lawyer. Like they yeah. you still close with a lawyer. And you don't want to, you don't want to give a wholesaler $10,000 cash for the, you know, this assignment contract and then find out after the fact yeah. that, that you missed something. But as I was saying a minute ago, there's not really much that you can miss. Mm-hmm. Right. If you want to save, you know, a little bit of money, you don't want to pay a, a lawyer 400 bucks, you can pay me 200 and some odd dollars for a coaching call and I can go through it with you. I'm pretty much just going to pass it off to Gabby, but um, it, it's still, it's expensive. So I, I would highly recommend having your realtor look through it. Um, or if you have a, um, another investor that you know, that's an expert that wouldn't mind looking at it. Um, that's another option as well. Mm-hmm. But um, other than that, wholesaling is pretty simple. Yeah. Right. Annette asked, can you find a purchase contract? Oh, no, no. I'm going to answer Ryan first. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, Annette. Ask your friends, Annette. Um, (laughs) Is that just going to be your answer? Yeah. Ask your friends. Ask your friends. (laughs) Hi, Uh, Ryan. Hey, Ryan. Uh, Good morning, guys. Um, You may have just alluded to uh, the answer to my question, Wayne, but it was regarding purchase price and then the assignment fee. Is the assignment fee... um, sort of additional to what the purchase price would be. So if a person were getting a mortgage uh, on the house, the assignment fee would be completely separate and need to be paid separately to the wholesaler. Mm. Yeah. When I, when I said it, I said, there's, there's a couple different ways you can, two or three different ways you can approach it. Um, So the way that I explained was the most simple was the one page assignment contract. Um, That there, you would just pay the wholesaler directly. Um, and you can have it in your assignment contract that it is um, due upon signing or due upon closing. So you can have it um, to protect you if you were worried about some wholesaler trying to give you some fake real estate contract that doesn't exist uh, for some deal that doesn't exist. And, and you don't want to give them the cash today. Then you can have it in the contract that you will pay them upon closing um, when you actually transact on the property. Um some wholesalers will go for it, some won't. Um, the other way is to do a almost like a double close. So because the wholesaler now has a beneficial interest in the property, they can actually sell the property, um, which we're getting a little complicated uh, without more context. But 
essentially now that that person, that wholesaler has an interest in the property, they can write their own purchase contract to you selling it for, um, let's say, for example, they have it under contract for $300,000. they are going to write up a purchase contract with you for 310000 You sign it. And then when they clo- they will have to close on the property, and it will be like a simultaneous close, a double close. Um, so they would close on it with their lawyer. And then their lawyer would – so the funds would be received through you. Let's say I'm the wholesaler. Uh, and then you would send the funds to me. I would take the three hundred and ten thousand dollars worth of funds or whatever, and then I would send three hundred to the the original seller, and I would keep the ten thousand. Um, that's totally a possibility as well. It's just another way of doing it. Um, and it kind of sucks because then me as the wholesaler now I got to pay lawyer fees, which normally I don't pay legal fees. Um, so that's going to cost me about a grand, um, and not a lot of lawyers are comfortable with double closes or know how to do it. Um, so that's another way. And then lastly, um, the other <coughs> way to do it is instead of writing a one-page contract, instead of doing a double close, what I can just do is I've got a purchase contract. I'm the wholesaler again, and you're the buyer. Um, and I say, give me 10 grand and it's yours. And you give me 10 grand. And what we do instead is I cross off my name on my contract with the seller. And we put your name in and we initial it, which is another easy, easy way to do it. I'm like, okay, here's the contract. Look good. Okay, cool. I'm going to cross up my name, put your name, put your initials. The seller's going to put their initials and now it's your contract. Um, so now you know all three scenarios. Um, the only scenario where uh, your assignment fee would be included is the double close example. Otherwise... Your assignment fee is normally um, in addition to in addition to the price above and beyond, um, and it, it's not built into the mortgage financing or anything along those lines. Yeah, I've seen some people manage to find some way to build the assignment fee into it. I don't know how they structured it legally, but for the most part, you normally just pay your fee separately to the to the wholesaler. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I had I had to add a lot more. Background so that you understood it. <laughs> no, that's good. Thank you. Not a problem. Not a problem. Thanks for calling. Thanks for calling, Ryan. Um, and to be honest, Gabby, I think that I've covered just about ninety percent of a standard wholesaling course today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which <laughs> um, I always tell people when, you know, like, oh, I want to get into wholesaling, and I just don't know. I think I'm going to take this course or whatever. Um, if you ever have anyone that says that to you, just tell them to listen to this episode. It's pretty much ninety percent of the content here. The only thing I'm not handing out is uh, an assignment contract. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. Robin says, so if doing a double close, would you expect to have a higher assignment fee as the wholesaler now has incurred more costs? Yeah. If I were a wholesaler, yeah. that's what I'd do. Yeah. I would factor in the legal <clears throat> costs as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I want to, because that's, that's a cost to me. Mm-hmm. Depending on, you know, the lawyer, like I said, like I've, I've heard that not a lot of lawyers will do it and not a lot of lawyers understand it. Most mom and I call them mom and pop lawyers, but most lawyers, real estate lawyers only deal with, um, they only transact on homeowner purchases. Like, you know what I mean? Like first time home buyers or second home buyers. Um, they don't deal with complicated advanced, you know, contracts and things like that. So, um, I remember one time, uh, 
our, we, we went back to our first lawyer um, after we bought our first house. And I went back to him and said, I've been reading a lot about this because I, I read a book on joint ventures and I read a book on real estate investing. And uh, you're supposed to go talk to your uh, your lawyer and find out if they're uh, <laughs> if they're an investor focused lawyer. So I go up to my first lawyer and I'm like, oh, so I've been reading a lot about like joint ventures and stuff like that. Is that something that you guys do? Agreement for sales? And he goes, I don't know what, what you what what you think I am, but I ain't no Philadelphia, you know, real estate lawyer. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this guy clearly isn't it. He had no idea what I was talking about. And he's like, I don't do that stuff. Um, so uh yeah, as you have to you have to find a lawyer who 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 understands it and then sometimes they they do charge a little bit more um for for the extra time that's that it takes to to do that. Mm-hmm. Um you said Annette, Annette had a question? Oh, she's just asking where to find residential purchase contracts. Where do you find it? Oh, ask your friends, Gabby says. <laughs> um where do you find it, Gabby? Um I don't I honestly don't think that you can pull them um online. Have you tried? Through, have yeah. you tried trying? Yeah, through Aria. Seriously though, I'm gonna. Oh, here we go. I'm gonna pull it up. Um, look, buddy. Anyways, um, because they're they they're for realtors, so you have a membership with Aria, and you can access the documents or whether they're for purchase. I don't know. I'm not a realtor, but um, when you take some fun courses, right here. First thing on Google. Really. Sometimes you just got to try trying again. <laughs> that must be new. Okay, so you can find it online. Is it like the fillable one or is it just? It is a PDF. What website is that through? Mm, tell you in a second. Okay. I typed in area purchase contract print and it's from Configio Blob Core Windows.net. Oh, okay. So, so prob- somebody just uploaded it. Yeah, they're probably stealing your data, but. Big deal. You got your contract. Yeah. Um, but the other thing you, you need to regardless. know when you're filling out um, purchase contracts is that there's different purchase contracts for um, a single family home versus a condominium versus mm. an acreage. Um, like there's there's different contracts for different types of properties. So one contract does not fit all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if you're in enough real estate investing groups online and Facebook or whatever, just ask and 10 people will send it to you. Yeah. Or if you have a friend. Yeah. Friends are good to have. <laughs> a friend like Gabby, Gabby will send it to you. Um, Sorry, I'm dying over and here. And that says, I'll ask Wayne on our coaching call today or you in the mastermind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I can definitely send it to you. Um, that and the copy of the, um, the condominium version as well. Um, different, uh, which we can talk about maybe tomorrow. Difference between mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, sure. I have a, a couple things I wanted to talk about before our show's over. We've got about 10 minutes. So I'm just scrolling through. Um, did we talk about Robin's double close question? Yeah. Okay. Um, do you have some wholesalers you typically use? You know what? Those wholesalers aren't paying me to say their names. <laughs> and they seem to have stopped showing up. And those said wholesalers seem to have stopped getting up at 6 a.m. So why would I say their names? I hope that they're listening <laughs> to the recording. Because opportunities come and go. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, they do. Opportunities. Yeah. You got to know where to find them, too. And you got to know where to find them. And so, therefore, if you're sleeping in, you're hitting the snooze, then you're hitting snooze on opportunities as well. So, sucks for Jeremy, though, because Jeremy's looking for, you mm-hmm. know, a wholesaler that, you know, to send him deals. Oh... Would I recommend that person? Said people? I don't know, Jeremy. 
<laughs> I don't know. Um, but as I said earlier, I think I did mention the fact that, it, you know, you can ask a friend. Yeah, you um, can ask a friend. And Jeremy, I, I consider us to be friends. <laughs> um, I think our relationship is, is doing really well. And, uh, <laughs> and, and uh, also um, Facebook groups. Um, Facebook groups and just asking who's who's wholesaling. There's 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 a there's a lot, and that's the thing. Like I could tell, I could I could name five to ten names right now. Who's actually doing it actively, and who who do I recommend? You know, is actually getting good deals. That's another thing. It's it's one thing to be a, say you're a wholesaler. Hey, I'm a wholesaler. I buy properties and I sell them to other investors. It's pretty simple. Um, but you know, are they bringing good deals? Some are, some aren't. Um, so you got to do your diligence on that, and you got to know exactly that. That's why I say, like, if you got to know exactly what it is that you're looking for, and trust me, it's going to help you, and it's going to help the wholesaler. Um, if you tell a wholesaler, I'm going to use the double, the, uh, the side by side duplex example again. I'll, I'll, I'll answer your call in a second here, Robbie. If I use the side by side duplex example again, I'm looking for a side by side duplex under. $475,000 in these neighborhoods. Tell your wholesaler exactly what it is that you're looking for. Okay. And then they know exactly what it is you're, you want. So they're going to go and put all their marketing and energy into finding that. And then when they find it, does it meet your criteria? Yes. Right. And also, they're not going and finding a side-by-side duplex for $600,000 and you're trying to wonder whether it's a good deal or not. So you have to know what it is that you want because um, uh, you can't just expect, you can't take a wholesaler's word that it's a good deal, right? So know what it is that you want is what I was getting at. Um, yeah, I don't normally like saying no, <laughs> Jeremy, but at the same time, that it's, it, it would literally take you 10 seconds to put on Facebook where are my wholesalers at? And you'll get 10 responses. Mm -hmm. I promise. Promise. Um, okay. Robbie. Robbie's calling in live, by the way. So if you're listening to the recording and you've listened to where are these people coming from, you can click the live. If you, if you download Podbean and listen in live at 6am mountain time every morning, you can call in and ask your questions or you can type them into the chat box. And that's what we're reading here. Hey, hey Robbie, how's it going, buddy? Good. How are you guys? Good. Thank you. Very good. A um, little update. I know Wayne knows this, but uh, put in an offer yeah. last night. Um, yeah, buddy. So hoping to hear back from that one. So that's a little update on my end of things. Um, that's awesome. Question I had, I just wanted to squeeze this one in. Is um, you know, if you're looking at getting started in uh, the renovation game, you don't have any kind of knowledge. Uh, would you recommend going with trying to do like a burr on a townhouse just so the costs are lower, or uh, would it be smart to? Um, you know, go with a single family home. I'm just kind of curious what you'd recommend uh, just for obviously myself in that situation. I'm kind of looking at once I get into the second property, what would be a good option there? And do you use the bird strategy on it or do you look at uh, trying to flip to get some money? What's that look like? As a real estate investing coach, <laughs> mentor, uh, I would, it's, it, it depends on the person. I, I give different advice to different people. I don't give a blanket answer. Um, that's why, like, like for mentorship, like I don't, I don't really give um, advice like that. 
unless I've spent the weekend with you at the cabin retreat. That was my big thing. It's like, because I could give you that answer. Someone else is going to listen to this answer and they're going to be like, oh, that's, that's how it has to be. That's what Wayne said. But that's not the case for everyone. Um, some people I would just say, you know what? You're only going to figure it out one way. Go fucking big or go home. You know what I mean? Like my approach is just assume I'm going to lose money in my first three deals. Just, just write it off. Just say, I'm going to lose $10,000 in my first three deals, but I'm going to learn how to do it so I can move forward and I never have to ha- ask that dumb question ever again. That's my approach. Some people, you know, they'll, they'll do one or two deals and that's going to be the, you know, the extent of their real estate investing career. That's, that's just their goals, not to say that's where they, um, they quit. So for those people, I'd say, let's let go simpler and, and make sure, you know, you've only got, you've only got a few shots at this, you know, you, you third strikeout, you're done. And I would, I would give them different advice. So, um, so I'll wait man. till next weekend for the answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's what I want. Like, I don't want, I don't want to send you in a direction right yeah, now and then you go and do something. Um, it's not right for you over the next two weeks. And at the same time, I don't want to give uh, anyone else advice that they go and, and they, you know, that, that they take is, you know, that, that, that's the way that has to be. Um, there's two, there's two ways to approach like a question like that. Like, if, if you're serious about this, you either going to have to, you can go and you can take the easy route. If you're scared, you can take the hard route and learn your lesson, you know, through stress, pain and, and overpaying and, and screwing up the deal. Or you can pay someone to teach you. Those are the three ways to it. Like easy route, hard route, or pay someone to give you the answer. So it's, um, and I won't give that answer for free on, on at 6 a.m. without more context. That's that's just the way that I, um, I – it's just not fair to me and it's not fair to, to the people that are listening. But for you, I will definitely give you that answer in two weeks at the cabin retreat uh, <laughs> once I get a little more con- – I, I, I know what your goals are. Yeah. And I, I kind of – I know the answer to that. And I, I also know that um, things are probably going to change, you know, throughout that retreat. Mm-hmm. Um where my answer will change once you have a little more understanding of what I'm trying to get at. So, and once I have a better understanding of who you are and whether you can handle something like that. Yeah. Is that a good way of answering it, Gabby? Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I just, I wanted it to be fair to everybody. A really long drawn out letdown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Um, oh, good. <laughs> I, I can't, okay, if you want, if you, if I had to say something, I say go big or go home. Don't, don't don't half-ass it with townhouses just because you're worried about less money and less less pain and 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 lower risk. No, go big. Okay, that's that's my <laughs> advice. If I if 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 this were some sort of a motivational video or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks yeah, for thanks. calling in. Thanks, Harvey. Um. Okay, I'm getting to wrap it up because yeah, guess up what? Today. Guess what? Our, Our kids, kids going back, back to, school. to school today. So we got to wrap her up. Was there any additional questions that I should write down? Um, yeah, ways back we popped over one. I uh, um, Mike, agreement for sales. Oh, we never talked. We never talked yeah. in agreement for sales. Okay, well, I'm going to make a note of that because I'll screenshot it. Yeah, screenshot that because I do have questions. Even some questions I know that last Friday, um, while I was um, blabbering on about uh, raising capital. Um, I saw a bunch of questions that I never answered and, and I saved them. Um, I've just been waiting for the right uh, moments and the right um, topic to get back to those questions. Mm-hmm. So if you asked questions on f- last Friday and they're like, oh, I never answered my questions. I, I did save them. I'm just 
today didn't necessarily seem like the best time to to change topics. Yeah. Um, that was the, I just scrolled through. That was the only one. Okay. Well, I know I said that I'd wrap it up on time, but I, I haven't, I, I actually forgot to talk to you about this because you were out early last night and you didn't hear my phone ring. Yeah. I heard you talking. Did you hear what it was about? Attic rain. Yeah. So one of our rent to own properties, I got a call at 1030 last night and I normally wouldn't just like I don't answer the the door. I don't answer the phone either. Um, but I knew it was a tenant. Um, and if he's calling at that time of night, then uh, then it's probably an emergency. So I answered and it turns out, yeah, attic rain. And I don't know if you guys know what attic rain is. It's, it's when um, here's here's Google's definition. Uh, attic rain is a phenomenon caused by extreme cold weather followed by a rapid warm up. Mm-hmm. So we went ding, with ding, extreme ding. cold weather over the holidays, and then it just randomly warmed up twenty degrees, like yesterday. Um, so condensation forms inside an attic of a home in the cold. Uh, but when it gets warmer, uh, that condensation melts and and essentially rains down on the insulation in your house. Now, older houses don't typically have that problem because um, they were built a little more. I was going to say because they're built well. <laughs> no, loosely. Actually, oh. to be honest, newer houses are built more airtight ah. than older houses were. And because they're airtight, there, is not, there isn't an opportunity for airflow. Mm-hmm. So in your, you know, your soffits and inside your attic, you have different vents for air coming in, air going out to make sure that it prevents this. However, when you have an extreme warm up like we did of 20 degrees that quickly after an extreme cold, um, the, the buildup of ice and, and, um, snow that's in there will melt so rapidly that it can't evaporate fast enough. Mm -hmm. And so it goes into your insulation, which is fine. But then if it's too much, it will actually start to, um, uh, rain down. Mm-hmm. And so that's what was happening is you'll, you'll start to notice it in, uh, in like your light fixtures and your smoke detectors and your, your ceiling vents and stuff like that. Um, you'll start to notice, um, a pooling of, uh, either water coming through or, um, around the drywall around that area. So, yeah. um, what he said was actually his smoke detector started going off. I must have, the water must have set off the smoke detectors, which is an electrical, you know, Mm -hmm. issue. Um, But he didn't know what to do and he didn't know what it was. And, uh, you know, I've, I've seen a bunch of people complaining about it the last couple of days because, uh, or sorry, yesterday because of the, uh, the warm up, and that's normally in new neighborhoods. So um, definitely, I don't know if there's anything you can do. You can't necessarily check in on it. And to be honest, there is no solution. There isn't other than making sure that your vents are probably cl- properly cleared. Um, so that air is flowing. So the air is properly flowing. But in a situation like this, expect a phone call. And there's nothing you can really do from what I've read. Re- is repair that Repair afterwards. Um, you can put a bucket underneath to catch the to catch the water. And then you just repair the drywall afterwards and anything that's been damaged, which is uh, extremely unfortunate. And probably some drying needs to happen. So some fans or whatever. Yeah. 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 So it's, um, you know, in, in markets like ours where it goes extremely 
cold and then warm would actually to be honest it never happens in ours we never have that kind of a jump i uh, i remember this um i mean like um when we lived in Leduc before i remember um hearing about this yeah about the attic rain and yeah. that's like in Leduc there's tons of new neighborhoods going up so the Leduc pages just like get lit up with people with yeah rain. and then they say all oh, these crappy builders and they didn't yeah. do it properly no it's just because they actually built it really good <laughs> um that uh there's not enough you know the airflow isn't able to 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 well josh it. is saying that there's so many new methods uh to new construction that aren't super beneficial at the end of the day as they were originally intended so yeah. So, you know, there's a few different solutions that I read into it. And, and, and in situations like this, where it heats up quickly, you want to be able to control your moisture um, levels um, properly. So, you know, bathroom fans, making sure that they're on as well. Um, uh, the moisture levels on your furnace. Um, and lastly, uh, what do they call them? The HRV systems or HRC, HRV? Uh, humidity yeah. retention, but, but oh god, it's not gonna Google it. Uh, what the heck are they called? Uh, HRV, which stands for somebody, please throw me a lifeline. Heart rate variab variability. Oh god, <laughs> Tyson says. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, heat recovery, heat recovery ventilator system. Yeah. I was close. I was close. Um, that will help as well. Um, that I'm not an expert in it. We just had to do a little bit of research on it once, um, but that will help. Uh, it will uh, it will monitor the humidity um, in your home and then adjust accordingly on its own. So. Um, but yeah, keep an eye on that. So that's a call that we had last night. Rent own tenant buyer says, uh, so is that like, um, <laughs> is that my responsibility or is that yours? And I'm like, uh, well, <laughs> uh, that's part of repairs and maintenance. That's part of being a homeowner. So no, that's, that's under yours. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just wasn't quite sure that, uh, uh, yeah. Okay. I'm like, well, thanks for your call. Appreciate you calling. <laughs> Um, he wasn't too happy about that, but I, I said, I just told him like, you know what, man, honestly, there's nothing you can do about it. We hear about this stuff all the time. Um, it's part of being a homeowner, uh, having a new home. It's just a normal thing that can happen. And, uh, just, you know, put a bucket there, catch the water, and then you'll just need to do a ceiling repair afterwards. It's pretty straightforward stuff. So do we have any other questions in here that came up that you need to screenshot? Okay. Gabby's giving me to wrap it up today. Um, I got a busy day. Guess what? I think, Gabby, <coughs> I think I'm going to do another Instagram video story day because uh, I'm going into the city because Gabby doesn't feel well and Wayne's yeah, got to do isolating. a move out inspection. Um, so that person who midnight moved, uh, I got to go do, they, they are not interested in coming to the move out inspection. So I got to go head down there and see what kind of condition this property's in. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go do that. And then I got a couple coaching calls and I got a... A meeting with a broker. I got a meeting with a lender. Um, and you got a new mastermind start tonight. So yeah. Pretty busy I'll day. Try to sleep today a little bit and then, yeah. Okay. Well, thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Thanks for. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.
so funny story. I hit mute by accident. And uh, for the <laughs> so we were saying goodbye and I hit mute by accident. So I just wanted to say, everybody, have a great day and we'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs> what an amateur move. All right. See you guys.